0: my name is nola nash this is laura cab and this is (laughs) jt ellison there we go (laughs) jt we are so glad to have you here we got to chat for a little while on the awards night at killer nashville this summer and that was really exciting but now i am thrilled to have in my hand your new book it's one of us and it has been i mean i've i've I'm scratching the surface, getting into it, but I'm reading in every nook and cranny over the last few days that I can possibly find. So it's it's come with me everywhere that I've gone for the last few days because I can't put it down. It's an amazing, amazing. new book. It's an amazing <laughs> yes. Yeah, everybody um, asks when you're out and about hearing it. All over the place. And, and you know, every waiting room I was in at Vanderbilt today, I had it with me. It's like reading. So lots of people got to see your, your book cover, and it is a fabulous one, and it is a fascinating book. JT, I'm going to let you tell the folks a little bit about who you are and a little bit about the book. Okay.
1: So I, um, I'm i a thriller writer who lives in Nashville, Tennessee with my husband and my twin kittens. Don't be surprised if somebody uh, decided, not the husband, but one of the cats might pop up. <laughs> To say hello. Um, be it'd be really one. awkward if my husband popped on my desk to say hello. That would, that would, be, that would be good. Um, yeah, but the cats are right behind me. So uh, most of my books take place in Nashville. Um, it's One of Us, is my 25th novel. That's amazing. And wow. it, yeah, it is That is kind of a, a weird milestone, but it's the story of a young couple who are trying and failing to have children. And the morning the book opens, Olivia has just had yet another miscarriage. And she goes downstairs to tell Park and and be comforted and, and, you know, tell him we've got to try again. And before she can, there's a knock on the door. And it's the police who want to speak with their son. The problem is, obviously, they don't have any children. And Park has not been entirely honest with Olivia about his past. And it really throws everything that she knows out the window and they have to start over except for it is
0: really good. i love th- i love this premise i love this premise yeah park doesn't have to start over park's park's done his duty there. um <laughs> i i love the premise of this and we won't get into too much what it is because i want people to discover that on their own because that's part of the fun in these first few chapters is like where are we going with this yeah (laughs) so i don't want to tell anybody i want them to get there on their own but the premise here is is really fascinating and as somebody who's you know I, i i watch a lot of like you know british murder mysteries you know give me midsummer murders on any given evening and i'm happy girl but yeah, and my mom wanted to be a forensic pathologist. And so this whole thing with DNA and yeah. where you go with this, I'm like, you know, how does that not happen more than it does? It was I, I loved that. I really love that, that premise. But another thing that I love about it, being in Nashville, just like you, is the okay. setting. And being able to recognize the places that I'm reading about, Um, like being at Vanderbilt this morning, reading about a nurse at Vanderbilt while I'm sitting there in the yellow walls of the Vanderbilt hallways. And you describe everything so perfectly. Uh, My brother is a Metro homicide detective. So whenever you talk about Metro like that, it's it's, it's right there with me. And even in this one, one of our characters has a daughter at Harpeth Hall. So did I. There's just I love. I'm like, yeah, this is my book. <laughs> I love that. And it's fun for me. And I can only imagine that your readers, especially after 25 books and so many of them being set in the city, they've gotten to know Nashville pretty well, too, I would imagine. Is that something that that they are excited to discover kind of a new city and finding the things that are really here they are real places? I think so. You
1: know, it's it's interesting because I have been doing this, it feels like for so long, though. It's only been my first book came out in 2007. So it hasn't been that long. But really the earlier books are kind of a time capsule of the Nashville that we used to have. Mm -hmm. And, and so much of it is gone now. So many of the places that I write about are gone and and the settings have changed and the personality of the city has changed. So it's, it really has growing and changing throughout all of these books as well, which is really, really fun. It's, it is. is Yeah. 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 I feel out of it. How has Nashville changed in the past? past few years.
0: (laughs) Other than becoming the bachelorette capital of the bachelor party capital of the world, there's a lot of people from Michigan go down there. That's where I'm from. But just itself, much more though. Than that, though.
1: I mean, yeah, we've so grown, much more. We've grown so much. We've we've added so many cultural touchstones that we didn't have when I moved here. I mean, the Scammerhorn didn't exist. The mm-hmm. predators were in their first homes. year. the The year we moved here, we mm-hmm. um, we were just getting a football team. We we didn't have, you know, the, the frisk was just opening. I mean, all of the things that, you know, are our cultural touchstones. We have the bluebirds still here Mm -hmm. and the Ryman, but there's so much else. And, you know, all the restaurants that have changed over and, you know, you can yeah. you can pretty much if there's a church, it might have been a strip club. And if there's a yes. strip club, it might have been a church. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it, it's changed. You
0: don't know. <laughs> but the whole personality of this city has changed over the past. It years. has. And changed. our skyline has changed so much, too. I mean, for a while we were known as Crane City because we were building yeah. so many, so many high rises all at once. And all these cranes that kind of fill the, the downtown skyline. It it really is. I love that you were talking about it being basically a dynamic character. Because it is. It's stuck around for so long. I love using setting as a character anyway. And it it really has changed so much that when you do kind of back up and and read some books from years past, it is a different place than it was then. And so you do kind of get to rediscover it, I guess, in every book, which is kind of cool. Because as you continue to read your stories, there's something new to learn about Nashville all the time. Really I'm always
1: tempted to, you know, I, I have I have the rights back to some of my books, and I, I'm always tempted to like, oh, God, I should update that because that's not what it was, <laughs> you know, but but I like that it's a time capsule. I think it's fun. Yeah, it tells the story of the city as well mm-hmm. as, as you go through. I was in Nashville in 1996, um, the last time I spent any significant time in Nashville. You so don't recognize it now. <laughs> no, I mean, I visited NOLA and Franklin, but we didn't mm-hmm. spend any time in Nashville, so.
0: Yeah, you know, I can imagine. a book you need to read, Laura is—it's Lie to Me that set most uh, that has a, Franklin, uh, set in yeah. Franklin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you need to read. I have a copy of it. When you come down and see me it. this summer, I'll send you back with a copy of Lie to Me. No,
1: she needs to go buy it. I got a feeling. <laughs> <years back. laughs> go buy your own coffee. <laughs> well, I will anyway. happily do that. Are you from uh, Nashville originally, JT? Is this where you were I'm born not, and raised? I'm not, but my husband is. Oh, my husband okay. is a native. So he he um, wanted to move home. We li- were living in, in outside of DC um, oh. after we got married and he wanted to, to come home. And so we did. Yeah. There's a real homey feeling to that area. And mm-hmm. even
0: Nashville and Franklin just felt like I'd stepped right back into my hometown. I just, I'm a Yankee and it, I felt at home, so. We love you anyway. Oh, <laughs> I try. I love you. Anyway, my son bought my mom a copy of Lie to Me um, at Landmark Booksellers in Franklin. So he bought it from a Franklin bookshop for my mother Yay. who's in Franklin and she devoured it. Absolutely loved Lie to Me. And for her too, part of it was that it was, it was set somewhere that it was very familiar to her, but she's, you know, she's our, uh, uh tell her all the time i said your whole life is lattes and dead people like this is just sort of your thing isn't it cuz she's all about the murder mysteries and murder shows and all of them. So, that so podcast Somebody, yeah, lattes and dead people. So she's, you know, she appreciated the setting as well. But I know it, it's such a great place that even people who don't know the city, whether it's Franklin or whether it's Nashville, and you know, with it's one of us, they're getting to see, you know, those little glimpses of Nashville again, new Nashville as it is. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's such a great setting, and you do such a great thing with it where you just you toss those things in that are familiar to those of us who live here, but you don't alienate your readers that don't know the city. And I think that's super important because I have read books in the past where I feel like I'm an outsider looking in because I don't know the town that it's set or if it's set in a real place and I've not been there. But I think Mm -hmm. there's so much homogenous about Nashville that it it has enough familiarity to any town that anyone would go to that makes it a comfortable setting for a book that you don't you've you've not been there and yet you give us all of the the seasoning that is that makes Nashville what it is and those little places that we kind of recognize like Fido's coffee and things that that we're just like oh yeah I've been there but it, I exactly. love that you do that right it, it, it can be hometown. anybody's hometown and it, it yeah. I I love books like that because when you feel like you know the city through reading the book you want to go there you want to go experience those things and so it, it actually it's got to be Gotta be good for getting people to come and visit us here We're in not Nashville. Not bad tourism
1: either. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Come visit. Don't stay. <laughs> 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 don't 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 you spend don't have to have your, your big weekend. money. That's it. You know, oh my god, the housing market from people moving into this area has gotten a little nuts. <laughs> but we love our visitors. Please mm-hmm. come visit. I say the same thing in Michigan. Come visit, but please don't stay. <laughs> we like our
1: wide open spaces.
0: Uh-huh. Exactly. Same thing about Franklin. It's it's gotten Franklin's changed a lot over the years too. Probably since you wrote Lie to me. I would imagine that Franklin is even it's such mm-hmm. a different place. Since you wrote that one, it, it, yeah. I love it, that you can kind of look back and see those. As you've been touring around launching this book, and I've seen that you've done so many different places, so many different things. What has stood out to you? What has been kind of one of your favorite little moments of launching It's One of Us? Oh, wow.
1: You know, I, I have been. I've literally been from Seattle to the Keys on, in the past Wow several months, past several weeks, several months, it's only been five weeks, it feels like years. Um, It feels like years. Uh, You know, it has been, it was really cool to actually be able to get back out on the road and just meet people, right? and it's it's funny. I don't know when I became the elder statesman, but suddenly I'm the elder statesman giving advice to the people around me and the uh, authors. Um, it's it, it's it's bizarre. It's just a bizarre. <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard to explain because I've always felt like the puppy. Um, and suddenly i'm not the puppy anymore and and that was very evident out on the road everywhere that i went somebody you know just showed me that i had been doing this for a lot longer than i realized wow. i've been touching their lives for a lot longer mm-hmm. um, the topic of this one obviously it's my own story and it's been incredibly meaningful and therapeutic to be able to talk to people about it and to have them say my god i've gone through this too thank you for bringing up something that i had no idea you know you went through that and and you know thank you for using your platform to to raise awareness you know so so that's been incredibly gratifying um will osley though let me let me give you a fun moment will osley from the book the detective Mm -hmm. will osley the real person And he moved us during the 2020 pandemic, his company um, moved us and he came over to supervise when, when the guys were there and we struck up a conversation and then eventually a friendship. And he's, he said, I want to be a rock and roll detective cowboy. (laughs) And he and is. I want to be I want to be this great hero. And I'm like, well, I can do that for you. And so I wrote him into the book. And it was really cool that he came to the signing uh in Winter Park. And so, you know, I was able to wow. see him in person and sign him wow. a book in per- I had sent him some signed books, but but you know, yeah. to do it in person and take a couple of pictures with the real How detective. Is that? It was very cool. Yeah. Wow. It's it been a really nice. gratifying. It's been a really gratifying tour.
0: That's good. I'm you're so my second to, to the that. last
1: event. I have one more event tonight, and then tours done.
0: Wow! Catch so me. is that a is that a good thing? Is that yes. a, like, are you ready to like breathe? I love
1: so? all of you people, but it's really <laughs> time for me to get back to work. You know, that's right. We're hard. so peopling is hard, and you know, the travel, travel, touring, travel is not exactly fun, right? You know, yeah, because you you're get, working, you don't get to experience it as. Oh my goodness! You're getting up at five in the morning, catching a car to the airport, flying to another state, getting to the hotel, changing clothes, going to the event, going to sleep, getting up the next morning, doing it again for weeks. Yeah, yeah. that's exhausting. And I bet your little kitty cats missed you too. My husband took great care of them
0: though.
1: Are they really twins? Yes. Are they from the same litter? Yes. We couldn't tell them apart for years. (laughs) Super cute.
0: Oh, now, and you've managed not to injure yourself in a while. don't even seem like it.
1: you. I <laughs> <laughs> Lots of room for injury. Lots of, yeah, we're There's we're just going to be great. I'm actually
0: looking at my skin
1: knee. I fell down and skinned my knee. But other than that,
0: no. of course you did. I mean, the last time I saw you, you were in a brace. Yeah, <laughs> it was in stretches but...
1: from the the fall of
0: the century. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. that was bad. And Nola was telling me a little bit about
1: that. That the,
0: yeah, the you've had some. You've had some. Serious things go on with with injuries, so yeah, you know not, part let's of not it. Not back
1: in, into let's, let's my world. Let's not,
0: no, not, no, we're not manifesting any I'm, of that for you. I'm going to spray sage at you here in a second, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't break your fingers or your hands. We're you right. yes, we're expressing we're, gratitude I, for your continued good health. <laughs> is what it is. We're not manifesting anything to befall you. We're not expressing gratitude. Well, I'm balanced right now. <laughs> That's funny. So, what have you got going on? I mean, now that you're you're settling back in, you're you're back home, you're in town, you're you're kind of finding finding your groove again. Have you got other projects that you're working on? Other things that just yeah. kind of kind of breathe for a while? No, I've got I've got a bunch of other
1: projects. I've got the next book that I'm working on, and um, doing copy edits on a Taylor book that's going to be out later this year. Um, doing goodness um the jane thorn the next jane thorn book is out june 27th had a short story come out last week um in the infinity collection and have two more short stories in the jane series so there's plenty there's plenty. (laughs) plenty going on when do you sleep? Yeah, when and, do, you, uh, just when kind of do you take rest? your I downtime? Yeah, I think that's probably why I can function the way that I do, and I do deep work. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I really, am a big believer in deep work. Okay. I shut off all the distractions, and I just focus on what I'm doing. And that's like, the key, isn't it? Trying yeah. to. I have my dog paw- pawing at the door right now, and this is where I write. That's not good. Yeah. And I have my own space where I can shut everything
0: out. Yes, yeah, super important so that's the key. I think that's why I leave. You know, I have, I have a lovely office here and I had just Dudley. I mean, I had to crate him cause he will, he will make himself known in a podcast if I don't, but I I get so antsy in my own house and I live alone. Like I don't have any real distractions here, but to do that deep work, I have to relocate. And I, I, I go sit at an alabaster. Mm -hmm. You know, I go to my coffee shop and I sit there and even though there's, there's still people moving around me, there's still, you know, activity and you would think there's more activity there than there is at my house. For some reason, that's the spot. Like I can just tune in and I know that that's why I'm there And so that deep work happens there. And I I think maybe it's, it's finding that space, you know, different people have a different. I try to do it
1: at school and in a middle school and it's not, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's not good. No, No, I think that's the, that's the number one uh, advice that I give people is find your time and find your space and respect Mm -hmm. it and expect other people to respect it as well. And that way you can, you know you just need a couple hours a day you don't need mm. 10 hours a day to uh-huh. get the work done right you just need a couple right. of uninterrupted hours of deep work and you can make a lot of progress oh, it's amazing
0: come- when you don't have that that uninterrupted time i mean if you if you say that, you know, two hours of uninterrupted time, you can get so much done. And people say, oh, well, I write for five hours a day. Really? How much of that time are you actually writing? How much? What are you checking emails? How much? are you doing other yeah. days? How much? Are, you know? Social media. If you really had that compacted work time, that's really where the, the good things happen. And then you have your, your time and space to step away. And that's where your brain kind of can refresh a little bit, your body can refresh a little bit, you're not kind of cramped in that same place. And that's, that's where creativity happens too. is, is allowing your thoughts to wander away from the work. And if you're always in the work in some capacity, just kind of scattered throughout your day like that, I think we kind of limit our, our, our brains from exploring and those new ideas and those new things that come to us. So I think that's great advice. Laura's heading out to Taekwondo. Hard. Good to
1: see you. <laughs> Me too. You. you ladies have a wonderful time chatting and I right. again. Bye, Laura.
0: Bye. Bye. Laura's headed off to Taekwondo I I... with her. She can't leave. <laughs> We're holding her captive. I'm sorry. There is no leave studio bed. There, there it is. Oh, she's uh she's going with her her kid out to Taekwondo, but Laura actually uh she's pretty badass herself if they're on the oh, mat So. Cool. Yeah. Talk about turning your, your brain off and your creativity and letting your brain do other things. She gives it lots of exercise there. So I I think that, that you've got some great advice for people with that deep work. Is that, do you find those questions come up a lot from people where you're, when, when you're doing events and you're touring? Well, sure. Is that something that folks ask you about all the time? Yeah. Yeah. When do you sleep? (laughs) Yeah. 10 until eight, at least.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I like to sleep. I'm not a morning person. I'm not the lark that gets up at 5am and writes in the, you know, no, that's just not me. That. You know, I have a normal, normal schedule, normal life. I shut down in the evenings. I work out, I make dinner, I hang out with my husband, you know, I, I read a book. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, kill him i'm i kill myself in in some ways but i'm i'm also just really contained to a certain amount of time and i hire people to help me do the things that are not a good use of my time
0: yeah do you think that that helps as far as i mean being prolific that's 25 books that are already published having that kind of balance in your life is do you kind of feel that that's important in order to be that prolific
1: it, it is. I mean, I spent the first several years of my career not organized with any of this. It was just writing with my hair on fire, doing too many things. I still do too many things, but, <laughs> but I'm I'm a little bit more disciplined about how I do them and when I do them. You know, I I try not to do business unless it's Friday. Fridays are for business, right? For for writing essays and 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 messing with you know newsletter stuff and and social media if I'm on social media you know th- that kind of stuff um and the rest of the time I'm trying very hard to do one thing at a time but the first few years that I was doing this I was I was just really going with my hair on fire and I I wasn't very productive
0: I feel and- that I I feel like I've been doing a lot of that too and I've I've gotten to that point where I feel like I have to start actually really defining my time because I've I've been Writing with my hair on fire. I love that phrase. Excellent phrase. Thank you, JT, for that one. (laughs) It's good
1: and it's bad. I mean, you know, it Um, it looked on the surface, it looked like I was doing a ton, but when I actually counted up the words for the year, I I hadn't mm. done very much. So this has been, you know, since 2009, I started doing annual reviews to really deep dive into how much work I was actually getting done, and what I was really accomplishing with that time. And that mm-hmm. that changed how I approach everything. And, you know, so again, find your time and stick with it and you can get a lot done.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, this year has been a, little, a bit of a struggle for me, just in the last the first three months, because I've been so scattered. I've been doing so many things I spent you know, three weekends in March out of town traveling different places. And I kind of felt the same way. It was like, Oh my God, where am I? Yeah. Where do I live? I don't know what I'm doing anymore, but it, And with a full-time job and family, you know, all of these things, I, I think the intentionality, you know, hearing you reiterate that intentionality is something that I needed to hear. And hopefully that helps some other authors and people who are, are just kind of feeling like they're taking on more than they should, more than they can, and it's it's some of it. It comes down to, to saying no to things, mm-hmm. and I'm real bad about that. I am. Good, oh God, I, I don't I, I like just. I don't feel like saying no. Saying I like no. saying yes. Yeah, it you feels know, much it's, better to say yes until you realize you're drowning in things you said yes to.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, how how do you keep that from happening to you? I'm, I know people have got to be asking you to read and review and blurb for them, and come to this event and do this thing. And you know how how do you how do you prioritize what you need to do over the things that you, you want to say yes to? Even you know those things, it's really hard to say no to the things you want to say yes to.
1: Yeah. I have like a rule of five. Once I have five things on my plate, the answer is no, until the five things are off my plate. That's right. And so, so like this yesterday, even though it wasn't Friday, I had to sit down with my email and I had to go through. It's like, okay, I've got these books that I need to blurb. And I've got to respond about these events, and and you know all of that. And I set everything up, and I said yes to the things that you know are a a hell yeah. You know, I've <laughs> gotten to the point where if it's kind of like, oh, you rank it, <laughs> do that, but uh, you know, if I have any hesitation at all, I have to say no, because you know I, my my instincts are really solid. Either you know it's going to be too much physical time to get there. I've been really, I've been having long COVID issues. So I've been Mm. very, very stringent about what I say yes and no to, because I just don't have the physical stamina to do everything that, I mean, you know, even with tour, I I was having to say, Hey, we've got to, we've got to decline. I can't say yes to this because I'm not going to have the energy to do all of this. And so, so Mm. I'm really trying to be cognizant of how much physical energy I have to do things, as well as, you know, okay, I can, reading is not exactly taxing. But it gets to be soul sucking when you're reading things that you wouldn't necessarily have picked up at that moment. It's not that you mm-hmm. wouldn't have read it. It's just because I would never, ever blurb a book that I would never pick up. Yeah. Right. I've, I have just got rules about that. It's like if it's not in my genre, if it's not something I enjoy, if it you know, I just won't do it, it's not worth it to try to 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 do that. So I only mm-hmm. blur stuff that I actually like. Um, yeah, that helps. But I still have to say no so much to that because I get overloaded and then I can't work on my own stuff. And, you know, when when if it's more than five things at a time, then. Mm. Outside of my own personal stuff, that's when I start feeling really, really anxious and I get um, – I I, I kind of shut down and yeah. I can't do anything. And that's not good for anyone. That's not – no, that's not good for, any. not a, no, not good for I, anyone. The rest of my year is now scheduled. It's, it's March. It's the end of March. I know exactly what I'm doing for the rest of the year and anything else that comes in, it has to be a no because I've already Mm -hmm. got everything so lined up and that's, you know, I think there's a little bit of freedom in being able to say, this is, I'm sorry, I've already booked for the year. I've already booked up for the year and, and, you know, we have to help each other and, and a rising tide lifts all boats. And I am huge about doing that. And so when I can't help somebody, I'll give them a yeah. social, social media shout out. Cause I think honestly yeah. that sometimes does more. And if I just That's can't do that, luck. then, you know, I just can't, and, and I'm sorry. And I, I, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't love you and support you, but sometimes I can't do everything. And I right, have to keep exactly. telling myself that.
0: I saw it was a, speaking of social media. It's a social media post by Carly Waters, who's a literary agent, mm-hmm. and I I, I love her her posts are, are just so real about things. And she posted something about you know people asking her about you know does she have kind of a maybe pile? And she said she's finally gotten to the point where if it's a maybe, it's a no. And mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of your hell yes, like it it needs to be a hell yes, because that's what we have time and energy for and. You, you just get so overwhelmed with the maybes or the I kind of want to or that might be fun that you, you then you don't have the time to really be present in the things that you you do find the most joy in the hell yeses you know right. that you you want to be part of and it is it's so hard to say no but that, that it resonated with me her if it's a maybe it's a no yeah and kind of taking that Out of, I mean, obviously, I'm not a literary agent. That's not the perspective, you know, the the context, I guess is a better word, that I would use that word of advice. But kind of like you, I I do get asked to do a lot of things and, you know, not to the extent that you do by any means. Um, But, you know, now it's, now I might kind of combine those two things to if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. (laughs) Yeah. And just kind of leave it at that. You
1: know, it's really important to, to, if it's the weird situation in which the better you are at what you do, right. Your core ability, which for me is writing. So the better you are at what you do, That is the thing that people want you to do the least of, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? The the better you are, the more they want you to judge this contest, blurb this book, come to this conference, go to this fundraiser, go to this book club, talk here, talk there, fly here, fly there. And none of that is in support of actual writing. And without the writing, the whole house of cards collapses,
0: And you know, they will ask you out of all of those things. So when is your next book coming out? (laughs) Right. What's the right one? (laughs) Not until I get
1: home, you know, not until and and that's the other thing of of just making sure you're doing one thing at a time, right? Yeah. Because you can I've got six projects that I'm doing right now, but I'm not touching all six of them in a day the way I would beforehand. I mean right now I have until the end of April to wrap four of these projects and they all are under one umbrella. Right? So wrap everything under that umbrella and it's done and then it's all turned off and I move on to the next project and that is, you know, that's just kind of how I have to segment things and it that works for me. You know, you just have to find what
0: works for you. Yeah. And hopefully some of these wonderful Ideas that you've given. I mean, and these are these are practical things. I think it comes down to discipline to do that too. And I mean, I'm guilty of knowing what I should be doing and then just not doing it oh, because I like the discipline. I like the discipline. I I, I say yes too much. Um, I feel obligated to things that it, it's very hard for me, especially family, and knowing that I want to spend time with my family and and do things and. Like I spent the weekend watching my nephew play ball and it was a beautiful weekend here in middle Tennessee. It was gorgeous. Normally a few hours of that day would have been in front of my computer working on a manuscript, but it wasn't, I was at the ball field all day long and it's where I wanted to be, but also I didn't need to be there all day. I didn't need to watch four baseball games. I really <laughs> only needed to watch two and then go back and do what I needed to do. But it was really hard to say no, and I wanted to see him play in the championship game. And I have to prioritize, but that also means that that was time I did not spend doing what I needed to do that now I have to carve out some more time for. So I think it's the it's the discipline and it's knowing your hell yeses versus your, your maybes. It's a no. I appreciate everything that you have shared with us today i appreciate your time your flexibility i know we didn't get off to a great start y'all don't know this but it's, it's like three tries <laughs> to get this to get this going and as usual it was probably a, definitely me it's you know y'all know this by watching this show enough that if it's going to go sideways it's going to be me that sends it there and it was <laughs> <laughs> Definitely me. Um, I take full responsibility for that. And I appreciate um, both your grace and your flexibility and That's your time, no because I know you don't have very much of that. Um, it has been truly a joy talking to you. And I'm really glad that Laura got the opportunity to talk with you for a little bit, too, because she was really looking forward to meeting you and she's looking forward to reading it's one of us as well i'm looking forward to devouring this everywhere that i go it will be accompanying me until i finish it because (laughs) i am in love with it's one of us jt ellison's newest book and y'all go out and get your copy of that one because it is fantastic it will hook you you will not be able to put this one down and congratulations on this new project and thank you so much for taking the time um hang out with me for just a second so we can make sure all of our audio downloads but this has been a copy <laughs> i've lost it words went out of my head this has been a copywritten <laughs> podcast of authors on the air global radio network thank you so much for joining us for byob and we look forward to having you join us next time